0: Get ready for all that and more in a season about short stories, small windows into vast universes. It's season five of the Cosmic Library, available soon wherever you go for
1: podcasts. Welcome to the Maris Review. I'm so happy to be sitting across from Anka Brathwaite, who is a graduate of creative writing and law from Kingston University. But more importantly, she's the author of My Sister the Serial Killer, which won the 2019 LA Times Award for Best Crime Thriller, the 2019 Morning News Tournament of Books, and most recently was long-listed for the Booker Prize. And it's been translated into five languages. Is it more than that now?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It was more to come, but I think at the moment still five
1: or six. And has been optioned for film. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. It's... Thrilling to have you here. I didn't know if I'd ever get to meet you in person, but you just did a a nice long tour of the U.S. Yeah. And you're my last stop, so. (laughs) (laughs) Before you have to go to another continent. Yeah. When I read your book last year, I wrote that it was about as much fun as you can have while reading about multiple stabbings. (laughs) Yeah. How do you make murder fun? especially when it comes from a place very clearly of abuse? I do not know the answer to that
2: question. I think just that I have a weird sense of humor. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the things that I decide are funny are probably not always funny in reality. But I think it's mostly that because, I mean, when you phrase the question like that, I have to like (laughs) pause and be like, hang on a minute. How do you make multiple murders funny? I have no idea. But like, In terms of the stylistically, I think it's just, it ended up being funny because there was that juxtaposition of light and darkness where, you know, the characters aren't really weighed down, at least not in the way that they should be by the things that occur. Um, And they're very matter of fact about it. and. I, as a writer, is also very matter of fact about it. And your brain, you know, the, I imagine like the reader is reading it and thinking, hang on a minute, this is not this is not a normal response to this thing that's taken place. Like, you know, one minute you're cleaning murder, the next minute you're off making pancakes. Like, that's not quite <laughs> right. Um, so I think that's where the humor came from. But I suppose it's just that I have a weird, yeah, funny bone.
1: I, I love it. The title says it all, My yeah. Sister, the Serial Killer. But if you want to give a little bit of a description of your book for those who haven't read it.
2: Um, so it's about two sisters. The older sister, Cory Day, is a meticulous, responsible young woman. She's a nurse. And her, um, the younger sister, Iola is beautiful, charming, capricious. And she also happens to be a serial killer. And yeah, so things kind of come to a head when Iola. Start catches the eye of the man that Curry Day is in love with,
1: who happens to be at work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have. I've read that you have said that you were inspired by for the character of Iola, the Black Widow spider, mm-hmm. and I love that because it's just <laughs> what a mean bitch. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and and she she kills because. She can, mm-hmm. or at least you don't go into any other further mm-hmm. reasoning, mm.
2: yeah, I think it was um a combination of I mean, why she kills is a combination of different things, but mostly because she can't she has been getting away with it and believes she always will get away with it, so she doesn't have there's no real cause for her to sit down and wonder about what she's doing, you know, but I also think there's a part of her that is broken and, yes. yeah, irrevocably so.
1: But she can turn on some Whitney Houston yeah, yeah, and uh, let, let it go. Yeah, because she doesn't have that thing that
2: normal people have where, you know, who am I? Why am I? You know, right. what's going? You know, she doesn't ask those questions. You know, she doesn't. She's not put too much pressure on herself. She's enjoying life. So
1: and she, she's she's great at social media, mm-hmm. except when it might, I mean, could potentially get her in trouble.
2: Yeah, because she doesn't. Again, because she doesn't have those... She doesn't have the conscience that we're, conscience that we're all burdened right, with. Right, right. So, you know, there's nothing to guide her, to to tell her, hang on a minute, this this is not the time for that.
1: Like, if your boyfriend has just gone missing, mm-hmm. maybe wait a couple of yeah. days before you...
2: <laughs> before you start tweeting, you know, pics, um, videos of yourself cooking or whatever, yeah.
1: <laughs> and her older sister is perhaps even more fascinating because she's so dutiful.
2: Mhm. Yeah, I think Corridy very early on had to take the role of protector and she's been unable to relieve herself of that role and that responsibility. You know, aside from the fact that she is the older sister and that already comes with its own sense of okay, I'm I'm the eldest and I, I look after my younger siblings but you know she had to protect Ayala in, in a far more under far more hazardous circumstances and I think it's less an impression on them both so they've they've each taken their role right um you, Corey Day as protector and and, and Ayala as protectee
1: and it's kind of it's remarkable that they stick to those roles, Mm -hmm. that there isn't, they don't change that much. Um, This isn't a spoiler, I don't (laughs) think, throughout the book. And I kept waiting for Koride to rebel in some way, but perhaps this is her rebellion?
2: I mean, the way I kind of like to think about it is like when you are watching a friend of yours, someone you care about in a relationship that's harmful to them in some way and you think like you, can't you see what I'm seeing this right. this guy is bad for you right. or this girl is bad for you you know you need to walk away and a lot of people don't a lot of people are not able to walk away and I think in part it's because they're not they're in the situation they're unable to see it objectively yes. and I think a lot of readers felt that way towards Corey Day like can't you see she's manipulating you can't right. you see you know this is not good for you but all Korede can think about is her love and her duty and her responsibility.
1: Let's talk a little bit, even though, even though I know it's it was only nine months, let's talk about a little bit of your time in the world of Nigerian publishing.
2: It was really my first role as a graduate, my first full-time job. I had just moved back to Nigeria as well. So I was there for nine months and then I kind of got cocky, and decided I had <laughs> learned all that I was going to learn. Um, it was a very small uh, right. publishing house. And to be honest, they, they mostly took on vanity vanity publishing jobs. So it was just a lot of editing the work of 70-year-old men who decided they <laughs> wanted to write a memoir and who maybe usually didn't. Have, do you know what? It would surprise how many... Like I remember one so clearly because I felt like he used this memoir to sort of justify different he was like wow. writing to some like to his naysayers or his you know like oh when this happened this was really it was a little bit to do with politics as well um and what these men would usually do is on their 70th or 60th or 80th birthday they would they would have the money so they would right. hire firms like ours to work on their memoir, then they would give it out to their friends. They weren't like trying to make money off of it. Right. It was just this posterity thing more than anything else. Um So I very rarely got to work on the kind of projects that I thought sure. I'd, I'd, I'd work on. That was not what my vision was. <laughs> um So I think after a while, I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, now and again, we did do some interesting things, but for the most part, I felt like, you know, I want to focus on myself and my writing career and and I left
1: I mean it it sounds like it was a completely different industry even like
2: yeah no it's not i mean to be fair the nigerian publishing industry has the best intentions but not a lot of money <laughs> right um so they don't have the freedom to be like oh we're gonna you know even the way like um I remember talking to one of my editors my UK editor, and he was saying about how publishing literary fiction was really just an act of passion to, for the most part because yes. most of those books wouldn't sell Correct. you know the one that sells will sell brilliantly mm-hmm. but the one but you can only even do that if like the company has money to from burn other, yeah, yes. from other things. from other sources. So Nigerian publishers don't have that room to be like, oh, I'm just going to do this because I just love it. You know, they have to think more about where the money is going to come from so that they even have a little bit to do passion projects and they can't do many passion projects. We have so much more writers than we do the platform for them to. We don't right. even have enough publishing houses. Um, so it it's, it was a very tight industry.
1: It's funny because here in America, we often there's there's so much industry consolidation Mm. that we also think that it's a tight industry. But I guess, um, (laughs) you know, you're a Penguin Random House and um, you're at a great imprint. Yes. And it has many great imprints. Yeah and there's art being made.
2: Yeah, yeah, It's, it's definitely not. I, someone who has seen it from different sides, yeah. I also have Atlantic UK, and who's seen it, even some of the smaller translation publishers, I still can see they have more freedom than the Nigerian publishers do. And hopefully, like, the industry will grow. But at the moment, there's still so much, you know, there's not even, in, in even in terms of marketing and author, there aren't that many platforms, like right. podcasts and, you know... Things dedicated to giving an author an opportunity to be seen and heard.
1: Mm. Yes, and again in America we would say yes.
2: So, yeah, <laughs> <like>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where you put stuff in, everything is you know, but in perspective you're like, oh, yes. hang on a minute, where? Yeah, correct.
1: And so you left the publishing company and you were you wrote stories.
2: Um yeah, I I, I worked for my after that my dad kind of tricked me. So I ended up working for him for a few years um before I left and started working for myself full time. So I would uh-huh. do um freelance so I took on a lot of freelance jobs in those days. Also while I was working for my dad, I did a lot of freelance work. So um I did some freelance writing projects, editing projects, um graphic design projects.
1: And then I have read elsewhere about how you wrote My Sister, the Serial Killer, and kind of in a very compressed yeah. amount of time. Mm-hmm. It sounds <laughs> like it was like a fever dream.
2: Yeah, it felt like that. Because also, I wasn't, it wasn't meant to be my main project. I was working on right. something else. So I thought I needed, you know, I just thought, look, you need to get out of your own head, write something fun and ridiculous, write something for you. And so I gave myself a, sh- a sh- short amount of time to do it. Mm. And I told myself, you've got to complete it. I told myself it was a novel- novella. I gave myself a few challenges. And that's what I did, you know, because I needed it. I thought it was a way to exercise my writing muscles. And I thought, okay, once I got this out, I'll be able to go back to the to the main project. And, and
1: have you gone back to the main no, project? No, I haven't. <laughs>
2: that's okay. I haven't. I mean, I think... I have a little bit now and again, but it still isn't doing, I'm still almost having the same issues with it I had then. And in the meantime, I've done other stuff. So I think, oh, great. yeah, so I, you know, I just, I needed to get it out. Um, I did, it's not going get it out. I needed to free myself. And, and this book was a way for me to do that.
1: I love it. (laughs) Talk to me a little bit about the idea of the serial killer in either literature or film or wherever we we learn about these things Mm -hmm. and how that affected your portrayal.
2: I think just generally, like a lot of law and order. Even though <laughs> I mean, love law and order. Sure. Um Well, these crime shows I I used to consume. I still sort of look for because I I love procedurals, and I don't think there are as many as there used to be. Now people are more interested in like the mini series, or right. like they're really like they're focusing on one case for like a whole season, and yep. I don't like that. at all <laughs> I prefer like moving on having something resolved at yes the end exactly of the yeah. yeah like I don't want to be wondering like I don't want it to be so real like why does right, it have to right, be so right. real I was I watched I think every single episode of law and order and law and order criminal intent so those <laughs> kind of things and then just generally now and again I would read up on serial killers because it was just you know they were fascinating even though I still feel I feel like non-multiple murderers are more fascinating because serial killers act mostly out of compulsion so there's not a lot of motive there but like i like the the idea of oh why did this person kill her sister why did she kill Mm -hmm. her best friend like i find that more interesting but there is still something quite seductive about the idea of this individual who just and how long it takes them to get caught and how you know just right yeah um some of them have types and and that sort of thing so i guess like you said earlier, a lot of it was also just the idea of the black widow spider and how mm-hmm. um she would kill her mate. You know, and we and to be honest, the black widow as a phrase for women isn't new because you know, you've got that's what they term women who kill their husbands right. or you right. know, or this idea of a woman who marries wealthy men, poisons them, inherits <laughs> their wealth, that yes. sort of thing. So I was also fascinated by that.
1: And and you must have Maybe I'm being presumptuous, but I feel like you know a lot about cleaning up after a murder now. Did you have to research that? Um, Not so much. I mean, I did research on
2: bleach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did research that, but not the technicalities of it. Again, because I consume so much of that sort of literature and that sort, um, those kind of TV series and stuff like that. So
1: it's kind of ingrained? Yeah.
2: And also, because I used to, I remember thinking at one point that, hang on a minute, I feel like these TV shows are showing you how to get away with as opposed to like you know teaching you some moral lesson about why you shouldn't do these things they're actually giving you like oh that person in that movie I watched did this This thing thing. (laughs) but you know but they got caught because they forgot this particular aspect of it so I I won't won't. (laughs) exactly Um, so there was definitely that but also the fact that I studied in Lagos made it a lot easier for me because as far as I know we don't have that sort of sophisticated tech so I didn't have to get Mm. into like oh oh, the, are the cops going to come and use their little blue light thing to... Right. Yeah.
1: Oh, interesting. And, and you live in Lagos now? Yes, I do. Tell me a little bit about writing about Lagos for an international stage. Um, I
2: mean, again, I wasn't writing it for an international stage. Yeah, of course. Stage. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, I had no intention. <laughs> like, I didn't think this book would see an international sure. stage. Um, but, you know, I was just being... Tr- trying to be true to where I was Mm -hmm. and the environment that I was in and I'm conscious of that I think some people think that okay there are two things okay (laughs) sorry I'm trying to work through it in my mind yeah um one is that because description is not my strong suit um I don't immerse the reader in the environment right. so I think that's what made people feel like oh this is Lagos but it's also really relatable because I didn't you know I didn't tell you everything about those sure. spaces mostly because I don't have that that ability really to that extent Um, so I think that's partly what it is second of all like I think people found it generally relatable because I'm uh, you know, in this in this day and age where it's easy to travel somewhere and, you know, you've got Google and you've got all yes. these other things, we're not, we're all a product of each other's cultures, if yes. that makes sense. Like, we're not yes. one thing anymore. And um, so I think that's what it is. I'm not, um, I've lived, you know, I haven't just lived in Nigeria. I watch a lot of Japanese anime. I, you know, right. Um, I read a lot of British literature. I think so, even in the way that I think, the way that I write, the way that I consume... Um, and create content it's never going to be it's never going to feel purely Nigerian because I'm a um, composite of all these different things as right. as many of us are these days so I think that's that's really what it wasn't like I was like oh, oh is this gonna because again I didn't think you know it would but also I didn't have to if anything I think I was truer to myself than people think because you know a lot of these terms I didn't try to just explain what they were, right? You know, again, because we have Google these days. I don't think that I right. have to. You if can... you're interested, you can you can Google it,
1: right? And 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 that's partly why your prose is so crisp and the story moves along so quickly, mm. and and yeah, certainly any details that the reader needs more of, it's right at their <laughs> fingertips. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell me more about the literature that you're reading or what you're. What you're into now? Um, you
2: know what these days I one thing I didn't know, which I was happy to discover, is authors get a lot of free books. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I like, even when I go and see like my publishers or my agents, like. I'm like there with my shopping bag and you know I just I just they just they go, you know, have at it and you know, um, I couldn't do that this trip because my suitcase is too full. But um but usually I like have no shame. I will just toss everything in there. But what it means is that I'm not reading the way that I used to read. Um sometimes I read based on like oh, I'm going to be on a panel and um I've got to read up what the other writers on that panel have done or you right. know or you know, just my reading isn't as before like I would just roam in a bookstore or whatever like I'm not doing that so much these days I miss Got it, it. <laughs> but um so yeah so I'm reading a lot of but I have have come across some of late that I've really um enjoyed like I loved Milkman which, oh yeah, if I I wouldn't recommend that though to someone who loved my f- book because sure, <laughs> I it's think like that's on the other end of totally yeah different <laughs> yeah. But it was a fantastic, fantastic book. I really, really enjoyed it. What else have I read recently that really made an impression on me? Um, um, I think Minette Walters' new book. What was it called? Gosh, I've what it's called. But she has two. It's two. It's a twofer. And it's about the Black Plague, I think it was. What was it called? I don't recall right now. But those books were... But anything, actually, Minette Walters writes. Because before that, she usually writes crime. Right. So she's great. Oh, good. (laughs) Oh, but as far as, like, if you've liked my book, I usually like to suggest Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Because she had a really quirky heroine. And, you know, I really enjoyed that
1: book. Oh, fun. (laughs) Are you going to be reading on the plane to your next location or is it mostly sleeping?
2: Um, I might, I think, but these days I found it's easier for me to draw than it is to read oh, when I'm on a plane.
1: Lovely.
2: Um but this is such a long flight. My next flight is such a long flight I will probably do both.
1: <laughs> and we will link in the show notes to some of your drawings which are oh, thank really you. lovely. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming thank you out for and having me. Thank you for being